This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I'm so excited to speak with Steve Adcock, who runs the blog Think, Save, Retire. Steve and his wife, Courtney, have been able to retire early and travel in an Airstream cross-country. But before making retiring early and travel as their priority, Steve and his wife worked in a normal 9-to-5 and accumulated a lot of stuff like many of us. One day, Steve looked at the fancy cars and big house he worked so hard for and realized it didn't make him happy. So, Steve and Courtney began to think, plan, and save for early retirement. And five years later, they were able to save enough money to do early retirement in their mid-30s. Early retirement and travel may seem like a huge and impossible step for many, but Steve was able to prove that it can be done by anyone, even without a trust fund or winning the lotto, as long as you have the self-discipline and drive. Listen on to find out how early retirement and travel can be achieved. I'm doing awesome. How are you? Great. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life? Yes. Well, our story originates around the concept of we didn't really like what we were doing with our lives, working the working the nine to five job in corporate America and owning two different homes. Um, so what we ended up doing is right, right before my wife and I got married, and this was in 2014. So that was about five, well, four, four and a half, five years ago. Uh, we had a decision to make. Uh, when you get married, most people combine finances, or even if you don't, you at least have two sets of money to work with. So our decision was when we were going to get married, we could either, you know, we could do one of two things. We could use that money and live like rock stars, basically. We can, you know, have the vacation home. We can go out to expensive dinners and 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 treat ourselves nice. Or... We can save that money, save as much as we possibly can, and then quit our jobs early and sell both of our homes, buy an Airstream, and then travel for the foreseeable future. And that that is ultimately what we did. That is an amazing feat, and you guys were able to do it, and so fast, too, for four and a half, five years. That's incredible. Now, when you and your wife were thinking about doing this, what were the first steps you actually took in order to realize this goal? We had to come to grips with exactly what we were spending on right now, and we had to decide on a case-by-case basis whether that expenditure, whether spending money on that stuff was really worth it. So what we did is we put a date in, in into our heads. We want to retire by you know such and such. And for me, it happened to be a role. Originally, it was 40. Then it got cut back to 38. And then it's like, well, I really hate this. So I want to retire by 36. With each and every expenditure we made, we asked ourselves, is buying this or spending money on this, is it worth an extra month working, an extra six months working, an extra year, whatever it happened to be, delaying our future. And nine times out of 10, that answer was no. And that's a really tough first step to make. But once you get over that initial hurdle, 
I think everything else becomes much, much easier. What made you decide to live in an Airstream instead of just maybe buying a really cheap house or doing other things to live cheaply? Actually, that's an interesting question because originally when we first started pursuing the idea of travel just in general, the idea was to just get an apartment like a short-term lease or maybe a year rental in in different cities throughout the country and just live there and and experience the the area and then move on. Um, we actually brought that up to my folks, and they full-time RV'd for 13 years. Wow. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of have this in my blood. Yeah. And for some reason, I didn't connect those. You know, they did it. Why can't we? So ultimately, uh, my dad goes, well, that sounds crazy having <laughs> to move every single year. Why don't you guys just get an RV? Airstreams um, are made well. They, they last. They keep their value. Just buy an Airstream and travel. Your parents were pioneers on this. <laughs> yeah, they they showed me. Of course, they camped in a very different style. Theirs was more of a you know a huge you know class A uh, motorhome kind of experience, and we're I think we're bumming it a little bit more. But also that kind of makes it more more exciting too, because we live out in the middle of nowhere, and you never really know what what you're going to fall into sometimes. <laughs> So what is the one thing that you wished you knew before living in an Airstream and even trying to leave your job and going into early retirement full time? I guess the easy way to answer that is I wish I knew that the accumulation of money and stuff doesn't automatically make you happy. And that was really the realization that I made back in 2011 or 12 or so. I walked out into my garage in my house in the suburbs. I had a supercharged Corvette. I had a Cadillac. I had a race bike, a motorcycle. But, you know, I had all these toys. I had all this stuff, but I still wasn't happy. I found out the hard way that the accumulation of money and stuff, that alone that just doesn't make you happy. You need a lot more. But those things tend to be a little bit more fundamental. The fundamentals make you happy, not the money and not the stuff. It's kind of ironic because as we all grow up here in the United States, the American dream is the typical, right? Owning your house, yep. buying the fancy cars. And then it's really interesting that you meet a lot of people who do have the American dream, quote unquote, and they're still so unhappy with their lives. And then you're always trying to get more stuff, earn more money, and it never really makes you happy. <laughs> so yeah. how did you and your wife know to go into this route and to kind of go into a different aspect of it and live your life in a different way like this instead of gaining more income and, you know, buying more cars and getting a bigger house, et cetera. Well, I think for me, I have I had already tried that. So I, I went from apartment living to a home. I went from driving a normal car like a Nissan XE pickup truck to a supercharged Corvette. <laughs> I did that. I, but it's still, you know, I tried that. I experimented with increasing my lifestyle a little bit, but it just wasn't making me happy. So I tried it and it failed for me. My wife was not nearly that bad. She was way more modest, way more sensible. And to be honest, she did not dislike her job 
like I disliked my job. But she, quite frankly, just got a better offer. <laughs> she could either work in a in a windowless office all day, or she could be out in the middle of nowhere enjoying nature. So for <laughs> so so for her, it was it was very natural. <laughs> for some people, that could be a nightmare. <laughs> well, that you are you are correct. That that that, that is very true. And this lifestyle is not just a vacation. Like you said, it's not always all fun and games. Sometimes things go wrong. You still have chores and all that. So I don't want this to come across as, you know, every single day we are just, you know, there's smiles on our faces and nothing ever goes wrong. That's, that's not the case. This is still real life. So what is the biggest misconception with your lifestyle right now that people think, you know, when you meet people and you tell them that you retired early and you and your wife are living this nomadic lifestyle, what do they usually assume you do all day? I don't know if they do assume they, you know, their first question is, so what do you, what do you do to keep busy? And the people who, and the people who ask me that typically are... How should I say this? I think a little bit more senior in the years department. So I think they're coming at this from a from a different perspective, I think, than us. We were born in the digital age. We do a lot of online stuff. We we run a YouTube channel called A Stream in Life. I blog at thinksaveretire.com. And, and we have all these different projects, these online projects that we can do and devote time to remotely. So as long as we have a Verizon internet connection, we can stay connected, we can do email, we can do all this development work, just like we did back when we had homes. Uh, so for us, that part didn't really change much. We, we're very internally motivated people. We can create our own goals um, and keep ourselves busy every day. And that's what it's really about. It's about having the freedom to do what it is that you want to do. And I think that's really what makes a lot of us happy who want to do this type of lifestyle. You know, obviously, it's great that you can create income from this and you can live anywhere, but it's really about the freedom. I could not agree more. Every single day, I can wake up and I know that I have the entire day to do what I want. I have complete and utter control over my time. And really, it's not about the money. It's not about the travel. It's not about, you know, experiencing this and that. It's the freedom of controlling your time. Yeah. That is what, what means the most to me. You know, you're selling this really well to all of us, Steve. So, <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> you have created this lifestyle for yourself and for your family. Now, I'm sure it wasn't all a picnic, right? What has been the biggest setback that you've encountered and how did you handle it? Really, it was going from, I guess, the tr the typical dependable income, you know, for us, two incomes, having all this cash to work with and save. You know, we're, we're, it's, it's like climbing that hill. You're so used to climbing the hill. You're getting into a rhythm. You're making progress. And then you plateau. And then you go down the other side. So you go from accumulating wealth to spending wealth, accumulating to spending. And for a lot of people... Uh, us included, I think, in some ways, that's a really tough, strangely difficult thing to wrap your mind around because you spent all that time accumulating all this money so you can spend it later. Mm -hmm. But once you get to that point and you're actually spending it and you're seeing those numbers decrease rather than increase, that right there is really, really tough. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize they're going to have that much of an issue with. I think it's just that initial hump. You know, once you get over that, it starts to get a little bit easier. But that initial transition from save to spend on your lifestyle, 
I think that's um, that's a uniquely difficult thing to uh, wrap your head around. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest fears for all of us, right? If you're going to do this is that you no longer have this steady income to rely on, especially if you have a family to support. How do you usually get over that fear of losing money and then not creating that steady income anymore? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And one thing that I always tell myself is, regardless of what decision we make, nothing is ever permanent. So this is this was a risk retiring in our in our mid 30s. I mean, I cannot possibly convince anybody that this is not a risk. I don't care how much money (laughs) you have. Okay, if you have a 100 million, that's probably not much of a risk. But for us, it is. But we also know that if everything went wrong, if this didn't work, we can always rebuild our careers. We can go back to what we were doing or maybe choose something different, whatever the, the, the case may be. We live in a first world country. There's lots of opportunities out there to get involved and to, and, and, to, and to build yourself up however you want to do that. So for us, it was the realization that we're trying this. We have to, we have to give this a try. We have to see how, how this works because we would never be able to forgive ourselves if we didn't <laughs> at least try. And then if it didn't work, we're not just going to die in the street. That, that's not the way this works. We, we, are, we are very flexible people. We're very motivated people. Regardless of how it all works out, it may not always be rosy and, and cheery, but we know it's going to work because we have the flexibility and determination to make that work. And I think the regret is going to be far more bigger than actually spending that money because your mid thirties, you're still so young. Like you said, you can do other things if it doesn't work out. But I think the regret that you're going to have is going to be so much worse than what, what is happening, you know, if you actually don't do it. Yeah. I have never met anybody who has said, I wish I spent more time in an office. Yeah, that's never that's never happened. But I have met a lot of people that said, man, I wish I did what you guys are doing right now. And now we have that chance. And I think we'd be stupid not to take it. (laughs) You've been traveling in your Airstream all across the country and you've met so many people. What has been the worst advice that you have ever received? I think buy as as much as big, you know, of a of a rig as you can afford. And that that advice goes for home ownership too. I've I've had it there as well. But especially for RVing, man, the smaller your rig, the cheaper it's going to be, the easier it's going to be to maintain, the easier it's going to be to tow, the easier it's going to be to maneuver through some of these smaller campgrounds and finding, you know, spots out there in nature to park your rig to to live for a couple days or weeks. So for us, the best advice that I can give based on the worst advice that I was given <laughs> is really figure out the smallest, most self-contained rig that you feel comfortable living in. And do that rather than just buying as big of a rig as you can afford. Yeah, because then it's going back to what it is again. It's just buying more, bigger, better stuff. And is that really going to make you happy? You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and I, I will say this. When you're an RVer, your first rig is almost definitely not going to be your last. So especially if you're just starting to get into this, buy something used. Don't, don't blow your, your life savings on a rig that you think is going to be perfect because – 
as you as you go, as you travel, you learn how you like to travel. You learn the things you like and the things you don't. And you're probably going to switch out rigs. So buy used, save, save your money, learn, and then go from there. So you've touched up on this a little bit about living minimal, and this is a huge movement now, you know, all around the world. What is your take on that, and how are you able to incorporate that into your lifestyle right now? I've written about this before. I don't like the term minimalism, and the reason is I never think I, I never like to think of my life as minimal or what's the bare minimum. That's not right. That doesn't sync well with me. For for me, it's just about living sensibly. However, that makes sense for you. Um, it's going to be different for for everybody. But minimal to me is a negative word. But sensible, living a sensible lifestyle, that is what makes the most sense to me. So for us, that happens to be. Uh, 200 square foot airstream but for somebody else this might be a nightmare for them but maybe a tiny house somewhere or ju- just a small thousand square foot house whatever whatever living sensible means to them that's fine in general i think i i certainly like the tenets of the movement i like the i, I like the qualities of it i think their minds are all in the right place stuff does not necessarily equal happiness minimize live cheaper and really once you get down to those foundational levels, once your basic needs are met, I think a lot of people find that they don't need much else. I think I was reading somewhere that once you earn $70,000 after that, it just becomes not even icing to anything because you're still getting what you need. So if you earn more, it's just it doesn't make you any more happier. I read something like that too. I think it was maybe fifty or sixty, or, or it might depend on you know the wh- where, you where live. you're living yeah. and the cost of living. Yeah, but yeah, it, yes, it, it, exactly. Whatever the that amount is based on where you live to satisfy your basic needs, um, you know that's like that's eighty percent of it, and the other twenty that that's not necessarily going to make you happier. And you're going to be working a heck of a lot harder to get to that other 20 that probably doesn't really account for your happiness anyway. Yeah, I've talked to somebody about this before and I always ask, is that 10 to 20 grand worth all of the extra hours that you're going to be working and the less time you're going to be spending with your loved ones? You know, so if it's not, then (laughs) if it's not going to make your life better, why do it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm an economist by nature and I'm a big believer in the Pareto 80-20 principle. Um, get, Get as much as you can, extract as much value as you can using a reasonable amount of effort and then if it means that much to you okay fine i'm not i'm not judging but just make sure that it does mean that much to you and and your and your time is worth it so i know you and your wife saved because of your day job in order to prepare for your early retirement do you do anything right now to actually create some income while you live this lifestyle that's actually one of the things that surprised me the most about early retirement. Once once your brain is not, I guess, pre-consumed with a full-time job with that eight to 10 hours a day, you really get to survey the landscape a lot more and you get to take in a lot more. You get to realize how many opportunities there are out there to make money. So while my wife and I never designed our early retirement lifestyle around the principle of making money, we are now because we kind of fell into it. This was a lot easier, I think. It's not easy, but it was easier than we had anticipated 
when we were working full-time jobs. So I've monetized my blog. I have some some ads on there and things. Um, we've monetized our, our YouTube channel. I'm starting another project. And really now it's just become a goal just to see how much money we can make. We don't necessarily need it, but it's always nice to have and it'll just make our, our lifestyle that much more comfortable. Yeah, it's just the icing uh, on, on yeah. this beautiful, delicious yeah, exactly. cake that you already have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Steve, let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I would like to be remembered, I guess, as a person who didn't just accept conventional wisdom. It's not that I'm smart or I'm a soothsayer or whatever. It's just that I, I didn't like w what I was doing. I took a chance. I took a risk and I made it. I, I made something happen for, for myself. That's the bottom line. Early retirement in your mid thirties is definitely unconventional for most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And a lot of people, whenever I say that, they just assume that I sold a business or I won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, and this is the great thing about your story, Steve, with your wife, is that anyone can do this. It's not like, you know, you don't need millions and millions of dollars to do this lifestyle. You just need to be, like you said, sensible, and you need to realize what you can live with and without. Yeah, and the benefit of an RV lifestyle is you can live almost as cheap as you want. Right now, at this very moment, we're out in the middle of the Utah desert wow. on BLM land. We are spending zero, zero dollars. We are living 100% rent-free for for the next two weeks. And that is that is an incredible freedom to be able to do that and not pay a dime in living expenses. And what you're surrounded with by nature and what you are able to do and see while you're doing this, and it's free. So this e is exactly. a bonus. <laughs> so, sunrises and sunsets every night. <laughs> <laughs> Which is incredible. It's, it's it really amazing. is. So let's get to some fun questions. Some people, like myself, I nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like you and hiking. What about you, Steve? What do you nerd out on? I nerd out on technology that I can build that somebody else can use. That's it. Like what <laughs> web development is a good example of that. That has always been so interesting to me, even as even as a child. The fact that I can build something, put it up online, and somebody across the world can instantly use it. That is what I, I nerd out on. That is something really good to nerd out on. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's money making too in some ways. <laughs> yes, of course. It, it makes you money and you get to help people. Two exactly. bonuses. So many bonuses in your life. Exactly. <laughs> Having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-changing meeting with a person that you have ever encountered? Actually, we stumbled, and this was in um, Yellowstone, we stumbled into one of our YouTube viewers. She recognized us. At first, she didn't realize where, but then we, we figured it out. And she was, I think, in her mid-30s. She was from Florida. Just her. She, she, she was not married. It's just her. She quit her job, wow. bought, a, bought a trailer, and is traveling for a living to just figure out what she wants to do w with her life. We talked for, for probably a half hour. That is such an amazing story. I love hearing stories like that from people who are who are unhappy, have admitted to themselves that this isn't working and took the risk uh, to make something happen. And that takes a lot of courage, especially because we're all brought up to think that we need all of this security in order to live a really good life. And then as you grow up, you realize that that's not 
as it really is and everyone has different ways of being able to be happy not a one-size-fits-all type thing yep it's very true what what makes me happy is certainly not going to make the next person happy and we all just kind of have to figure that out on our on our own and it's easy to to listen to these to these podcasts and and say yep i think i'm i'm on board with that but until it's actually happening to your life i think it's a little bit tough to to wrap your head around until it's happening to you yeah. And the thing is, it's like you never know what's going to make you happy. Some people, they're really extremely happy with in their nine to five and having a house, which is great. You should definitely do that if that makes you happy. But you should also question other things as well. If you see yourself going into that downward spiral, you know, and mm-hmm. everyone is so different, like you said. Yeah, I, I like to keep myself in check every every couple months. Like is what I did over the last couple months. Did that actually make me happy or was it was it a fake smile? Were they real smiles? Were they real laughs? Things like that. And as long as I can keep saying, yep, this is working, then I'm not going to fix what's not broken. <laughs> we are so caught up with the everyday and the day-to-day sometimes that we forget to check in in ourselves as well. That's very so true. That's yep. really good to do, especially if you live in a big city and you have all of these things happening. It just gets harder and harder. So self-care is so important to all of us. Absolutely. Very, very true. So what are you working on currently that is really exciting to you? For me, it's all online stuff. I have my blog, uh, Think Save Retire, that I, I write about a lot of you know, finance and early retirement stuff. I'm also starting a new project that I have not officially announced yet. It's about digital marketing specifically for bloggers. Um, so it's those kinds of things that I have have my hands in that I really get excited about because it's something it's something new that that I get to do. I get to start something from scratch, and there's so many possibilities out there, so many avenues that that I can take these projects in. And I don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to work yet, but I think going through that process and experimenting a bit that's really what's I, I guess the most cool thing about being able to do this. And the fun part is is that you have so much time now that you can really play around with what you're doing. Yep. And uh, I still structure my day like I would before. It's just structured in a slightly different way. I work the best in the morning. So I get up at about seven, feed the dogs, and then I sit down by 7.30 or 8 at the computer and I just zone into whatever project I happen to be working on, especially in the morning and then the afternoon. It gets a little bit freer and then I and then I re-engage after dinner. So I have these little spurts of activity that I just zone out on and don't let myself get distracted. I love that you still have structure in your day even though you can do whatever you want with it. I think that's what keeps us all sane, right? <laughs> a- absolutely. Some yeah, some kind of organization to your time. For me, that's that's definitely helpful. Yeah. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Um, you can find me at um, the blog thinksaveretire.com or on Twitter thinksaveretire and we both run uh, my, my wife and I both run a stream in life on YouTube which documents our traveling ad- adventures from a video perspective perfect thank you so much Steve for talking to us today and also make sure to listen to the extended interview with Steve because he's going to talk more and give us more tips and tricks on how to retire early so I'm really excited about that Steve. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Steve. 
make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Steve where he shares how to think, save, and retire early. Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.